statealliance.ie. Hello, good evening and welcome to another edition of Extra Time. My name is Ronan Quirk. We're here until 8 o'clock this evening and would love to hear your thoughts on another busy weekend of sport across the county. Our text number is 083 That also works for WhatsApp messages as well. You can get us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at TipFMSport, but that number again is 083-311-3311. Lots to look back on with events in Thurles yesterday afternoon. Tipperary getting their first win, or the second win, I should say, of the National Hurling League. Uh, 126 for Tipperary, 24 points for Galway, 5-point win for Tip. In a game that ebbed and flowed, I think it's fair to say. We'd love to know your thoughts on it, 083-311-3311. We've rugby, local soccer as well tonight. We'll also hear from Sean O'Keefe, the professional boxer from Clonmel, who is lining up her second professional bout in Galway on the 16th of March. We'll hear from Shauna before we go off air this evening. Love to know your thoughts on all matters sport. And actually got an email in from one of our regular listeners. Delighted to get it this afternoon. Um, this listener lives outside of the county, but is picking up on a discussion we've had many times on this show in the show uh, the, um, on the subject matter of throwing the ball and hurling. I was... This listener says, I was in Parker Cueve on Saturday evening for the league match between Cork and Kilkenny. I recorded the match on television and watched it yesterday. Although I'm a Cork man, I am more of a hurling man and the amount of throwing that my own county did throughout the game was shameful. They are obviously aware that the referee has a policy of totally ignoring throwing so throughout the game they threw it at will. There were dozens of instances of throwing. Uh, He highlights several, including sending me images and and, um, movie clips of the instance but one instance in the 23rd minute highlights for me the root and branch of the problem that has now become a plaque on the game Uh, he highlights it and he also comments on the fact that in commentary it was referred to as a pop pass it has developed into a plaque in this instance because the player elected to throw the ball when it would have just been as easy to hand pass properly. The referee was looking at it and chose to ignore it and then it gets called a pop pass. This is such a shame. He's recognised that the Tipperary County Board has passed a motion that will outlaw this kind of foul play but wonders whether the GAA itself will do anything about it. That comes in from a North Cork listener who really is quite upset, I think it's fair to say, in relation to the amount of throwing the ball that is in Croached on the game of hurling over the cast number of years. What's your thoughts? 083 311 Well, as I said, Tiberi got their second win in the National Hurling League, uh, 126 point to 24 point win over Galway in the stadium les- yesterday. Let's hear from Liam Cal. He spoke to the assembled media in the old stand after the game. Yeah, it has. It's massive from our point of view. Is is right, um, but you like to you like to get to the stage where you kick on in matches that you you, you um, confirm your superiority and go on and, and, and go five six and then further out. But uh, look, the character when it, when Galway came back and pressed us was was great. It's always good to see that, and and it's it's not surprising to me really with the way these fellas are, are training and putting in the work behind the scenes. Um, and they're really trying to build towards that and we know down the road that there's going to be situations later on in the year that are going to be as intense if not even more intense than what we did today so it was good practice from, from, from both sides um, There was periods there in both halves where it looked like you could score as well and then there was periods where your forwards couldn't get their hand on the ball what did you put that down to? 
So look, it's, it's, it's a mixture of, of Galway figuring you out and, and maybe cutting off options and it's, it's areas maybe of us switching off and it's areas maybe of down to the heavy block of training that all teams are doing and fellas are not machines, they can't stay shooting the lights out for a full 70 minutes, it's not possible. Um, even though we try to do that. So it's a combination of a lot of things, but you'd be just hoping that when the real business end of the year would come, that you'd have that kind of perfected, that you wouldn't be ebbing and flowing up and down like that too often. Uh, Liam, Brian O'Mara and Jake went off in the first half there. Just any update on the nature of those injuries? Yeah, they're, they're both uh, hamstring muscle injuries, I, I think. And, you know, it's, again, that dreaded hamstring, when it comes on, it's always uh, a couple of weeks minimum. So... Uh, that's it. That's just the risk of it at the moment. Um, I think it's the same with a lot of teams. Um, but there are two, you know, two players that are playing exceptionally well today at first. So we'd be hopeful and try and get back onto the field as soon as possible and uh, make sure that it's not too long term. Hopefully. And just on John McGrath, we saw against Limerick maybe his scoring ability. He scored two eight that day. It was just a one point today, but we kind of saw the other side of John McGrath today in terms of winning every ball that needed to be won in that last uh, couple of minutes. Yeah, well, see, John McGrath is a very experienced player, like, and, and he, the decisions John McGrath made on the ball when the game was in the, in the melting pot is, is typical of, of what John brings to us. And, you know, John has just came back that little bit later um, than, than usual, too, and it has given him that little bit of extra freshness, I think. And uh, we'll just monitor that as we go along and make sure that... Um, that we're doing right, that, not just by John, but by other players maybe that have, you know, that experience and maybe that them number of years under their belt to make sure that we try and arrive right in April with them in, uh, when they're good and fresh and ready to go. Is it an objective to get to this league semi-final considering you have a bye the first round of Munster? Ah, yeah, it is. It is. Like, you know, there's, there's a lot of... always. You know, I get hit with a lot of questions about the league. Oh, it, it's nearly it's nearly a dreaded thing now to go and win the league from the way that the whole league championship is structured. But you know, the national league is, is a, I've always said it is a, is a national title, and, and we you know we and Tip need to need to start back winning and winning winning silverware. And if it's on offer, you have to go after it. And we have a nice panel at the moment that's, that's building there, and there are players that are hungry to to have success. So if we do find ourselves in a league semi-final in the latter stages. We, we, we'll be going hard after to both win the league and, and put real shape and substance on what we're trying to do for the championship as well. I think, I think that's kind of, you know, starting to come to the fore now in, in, in our, in, I suppose, in our work, in our, in our, in our plan. I suppose I don't even call it a plan. As, as a management team, we're doing our best to, to give these guys, you know, extra strings to their bow to play, play more so than the, the usual... You know, tip, tip is known as a traditional county and you move the ball as fast as possible from A to B and we found out I suppose in recent years that you know, teams figure you out and they, get, they tend to deal with that so I suppose what I'm trying to say is we're trying to bring a, a variation to our play and you, you see that today at certain stages we, we change it up quite a bit and we continue to try and work on that and see can, can we master that bit better for later on That's Liam Cal speaking to the assembled media in Thurles after Tipperary's victory over Galway yesterday on commentary duty for Tip FM was Ken Hogan who joins me on the line how are you Ken? Morning how are things? Liam towards the end of his interview there was talking about his his perceived need to introduce variation into how Tipperary play are you seeing perhaps a more comfortable team that's more comfortable with that variation on the pitch now compared to say this time last year or even this time last summer? Yeah, it takes a while to put all that together, you know, and the coaching staff and Mikey Beavens will obviously be working very hard 
to, to for the lads to get an understanding of what's required as well as a plan A now you need you know a plan B or C even so from that perspective I suppose you have to be patient from that point of view um, and I suppose to do that Mikey you need a, or, or Ron you need a certain amount of confidence in the players that are performing uh, you know uh, these these skills so um, you see the back line and midfield with Willie Connors yesterday absolutely outstanding again uh, you see that type of uh, play developing and it's it's a good thing to see and you know you know that back line is beginning to get a settled look no goal conceded in two games no shot at goal yesterday from a fairly potent you know Galway forward line so I think uh, working the ball up and the way we've worked the ball around the pitch I think has been smart and you know Tip can re- resort to the, the, the long play as well Galway did a lot of that yesterday with no success. So, again, from Tiberi's point of view, you know, the point taken was very good. You, you mentioned the settled back line. Um, before we come to where you think the settle has, 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 has arrived, a quick word on Craig Morgan, who is showing himself to be a sort of a modern-style cornerback, if you like, because of his scoring prowess, his ability to work his way up the field, and he's not afraid to take a shot on if he feels it's on. Yeah, he's had underage success, has a county medal with his, with his club, um, suffered that dreaded cruciate, of course, and um, had set back. But, I mean, I mean, you see the potential he has. Um, obviously, people will talk about his wonderful points, but also his, his defending and his sweep, and there was one particular ball where it took pace to get to the ball, if you remember, and he won the ball well and got fouled. He had that ability to, to, to cover the ground, and at championship level, that's paramount. Yeah, so you think it's a settled backline. Are you kind of looking at it thinking there's a couple of lads in that backline nailed on for championship starts? Without well, put, without thing, asking you names, names. But yeah, you know, the key thing I think is to avoid to avoid goals. I think that's a key thing in, in with the tip system. Our backline, particularly people spoke about full back. Now we have a situation where we have Ronan at or Mikey Breen at full back. Both of them are comfortable playing in the half-back line as well. So from that perspective, I think um, it's so important. Like you saw the policing Mikey Breen did of, of Conor Whelan, the best forward in the game. So um, we need to nullify that. With Craig Morgan coming into that uh, team and maybe Carl Barrett to come back as well, I think you're going towards four or five of that back line probably definitely nailing on places, you know, uh, for, for championship. And remember... Even though it's only mid-February, the championship, you know, starts in earnest, you know, at the end of April. So um, these games are, are critical. And a, a game against Galway, I think yeah, it was an important uh, um, win for Tipperary from the point of view. They had, they had to make a statement against Galway. And uh, I think uh, they did that yesterday for the most part. And would have any part of the Galway comebacks I mean there was a period of play in the second half where I think we were outscored nine points to one something of that nature would that not be a source of worry or you know you're never going to have a perfect performance in February Yeah Liam acknowledged that I think you know I think he acknowledged the fact that that Galway did take over for a period in the second half there will be peaks and valleys in every game Um, it is something to worry about because they brought it back to parity which was you know and look to have you know, you know, tied team to be with Galway, but Tip recovered very well, and I suppose 
the aforementioned John McGrath was the vital cog in that and the fact that he probably grabbed the bull by the horns and started winning critical ball and his distribution of course was absolutely excellent you know and uh, Garoda Connor came you know into the game in a huge way we saw his contribution from freeze against Dublin uh, we felt he didn't contribute enough from play but yesterday you know he contributed in all facets to the game and uh to have a big mobile guy like him, you know, with the given experience and now getting his second year experience with with, with the, in the tip setup means that, you know, we have a focal point. We have we have ball winners in attack. And I suppose we have been lacking them to be quite honest in the last few years, um mm. Ronan. Yeah, um Garod obviously is a busy man at the moment because I think he played Fitzgibbon on Wednesday played uh, National Hurling League last week and again this week. Um he's sort of a player that at this point in the season needs to be minded so if there was a week off coming up for him I don't think anyone would, would object Well he has a week off in the sense of obviously the playing, duty. Yeah. yeah he'll be released now probably to play with his um, a very fancy duel team like he'll be released to play with him during the week and I think the weekend in is the, the Fitzgibbon itself I think you know in fairness to Garoud his sights are set higher probably he wants to nail a place in this county team he has two Fitzgibbon medals under his belt. So when you have two Fitzgibbon medals and you're in college for a period of time, you know, you play, you play, you enjoy, you enjoy your game then with the colleges. There's no pressure on uh, the shackles are off. Whereas, you know, at inter-county level, I'm sure he wants to put his stamp uh, on, on the inter-county game. And, you know, not just him, like, I mean, we, you know, we we had players yesterday that showed very well. Mark after half time, just took off, you know, and scored three magnificent points. Two Galway backs were replaced. You know, two prominent backs were replaced. TJ Brennan, just, you know, Sean Ryan. You know, we were wishing him to get a score. Yeah, I felt sorry for him. He did an awful lot of work and was just unlucky not to get in the score sheet. But I wouldn't wouldn't put that... Yet his direct opponent was replaced. TJ Brennan, who was highly rated, was replaced, you know. So I think think overall tip put a bit of pressure on the Galway back line and um, they were forced into changes. Look, 126 is good scoring at any time of the year, particularly more so perhaps in February. Um, but when Liam Cal drove back home last night, I'd say he was much more of a glass half full man, bearing in mind there's a lot to work on because of those lapses in concentration or whatever they were, those purple patches that we allowed Galway to come back into the game with. Yeah, and Galway made a few changes as well of, of their own, you know. And and they, you know, Tom Monaghan of this world, of course, Connor Cooney, who was a re- replacement, he scored five from play. That's all of the concern uh, for Tip, and his direct opponent would have to be concerned about that. Um, Tom Monaghan, these are the guys that have done damage to Tipperary before. Connor Whelan was kept relatively quiet, except for one magnificent point to understand. But um, overall, I think Tip, you know, are beginning to get an established look about him. You still have a number of players come back into that scene. Um, and I think overall, you know, Connor Staken got in yesterday as well. Patrick Bonner-Maher came in. Dara Staken, we wish Dara all the best because, God, he, he was in hard luck. He, the first ball that landed, he dislocated. It seems he dislocated his finger. I hope it's only his finger anyway. Like, he went straight down the tunnel. He, he literally was on the pitch 15 to 20 seconds, so we wish him all the best. But, um, no, there's, there's guys getting the taste of it. I think there, there's a good blend uh, there. 
But obviously, as Liam Cattle well knows, this is early stages. He's trying to establish a game plan, uh, which is good. And overall, Tip are, you know, uh, obviously going to assert themselves in Division 1 for next year. They're going to be in the top three. And as you mentioned, I'm probably going to go for honours in the league, considering we had that by in the first round of the championship. Yeah, and it's a long time since we last won a league title. 2008. I know, I remember it well against Galway inside in Limerick. I, I do, mm. uh, and it's it's too long, to be honest, which is too long, considering... Well, no, no temporary player has a National League medal, you know. And, um, when you consider, and if you count up all our National Leagues that we've ever won, uh, I think um, John Doyle has 12 of those that we've ever won. So it just shows how how strong a league side we were at one stage just you know need to get back to that I think yeah and all the established teams uh, the Kilkenny good, the good Kilkenny teams of, of, of their time and Limerick obviously now have their league medals in their back pocket so there's not as, as Ian said there's no law against winning the league people say oh the league this and the league there's no law against winning no. the league particularly if you can utilise it to your to your absolute benefit and hit the ground running for championship with, with confidence Ronan. Yeah, I think you're right in everything you've said. We have a week off before we face Westmead on Saturday week. Ken, many thanks for your time and effort over the weekend. We'll talk soon. Anytime, Ron. Thanks indeed. That's Ken Hogan joining us there with his thoughts on the events in Turles yesterday. One texter says, very promising from Tipperary yesterday considering the experienced players that we were missing. So there's going to be great fight for places on the team, says a texter in care. 083-311-3311. Let's get the thoughts of JJ Kennedy. How are you, JJ? Hi, Ronan. Uh, same question I started with last week. What were your takeaways from yesterday? Yeah, well, I, I guess, um, you know, in keeping with what other people are saying, uh, the takeaway was that, um, you know, the the team is in, is in good nick at this stage of the year and that the, um, the younger players, I suppose, the newer players particularly, um, are, are showing good signs and uh, look very, very promising. I would have been a little bit worried going into this match, um, particularly, you know, when you, you look at the, the team that Galway was putting out. They, they, you know, they essentially had a very strong team out. Yeah. Um, a, few, a few of their regular guys, maybe like Brian Concanon or Carl Mannion and so on, missing. But they certainly had a lot more of the regulars than we had. And, uh, and then we're hit with two injuries in the first half. You know, Jake, our, our, our best forward, um, the last day is, is gone and Brian O'Mara has gone off the half-back line and I, I was worried at that stage but in fairness to the team I think it's it's a team that looks you know to have the, the real Liam Cahill stamp on it that it's uh, you know they go out and there's a high work rate and there's a very honest attitude and, and, and they're they're contesting everything they're going for it and uh, and it's shown in the in, in the new guys that are in there you know Sean, the likes of Sean Kennelly mm. um you know, he's very young coming into this. and uh, He's a live wire, isn't ball. he? He's a real live wire. He's, he's an absolute live wire, yeah. And uh, won, won some great possession yesterday and, you know, laid out. I love his energy, actually. I just, it's whenever he, he goes anywhere near the ball, even if he's not in possession, it's the energy I think he brings to that forward line. It's mm. something that uh, feeds, other fellas feed off it. He's, for young, somebody so young, he's making quite an impact. He is. He is making a huge impact. He, I, I suppose, was it last year in the under twenty uh, one game in Thorles? He made a huge impact as well. People really, I think, it was one of the first times people really started looking at this guy and saying, "Gee, there's there's something here." Um, 
But you know, and it's it's very new to him, and he, it's a new experience for him, and he's it's obviously a learning curve. But you know, the early signs very very good, and Sean Ryan the same. I suppose yeah. he's not quite as new. He was there last year and so on. But you know, one of these guys that you you have the feeling that that some day day when things go for him, this guy could end up with three or four goals um, because he's on, he's on the brink of that uh, most days, and he's going out. It's just some little the last touch or something, just just not quite getting there yet, but. You know, you'd say he has huge potential, and uh, I, I suspect Liam Cahill has huge, huge time for this guy. And if if a few things come right for him, you know, he'll be a major, a major asset in the forward line. So, I mean, these are these are new guys, and you know, as I mentioned, Craig Morgan back in, and Conor Bow in a new in a new role. Uh, you know, Willie Connors back there and, and, and really putting in huge shifts. In I, the I game was going to well. bring so, come to Willie um, because I think he's, you know, I don't know what the what the template for a modern midfielder is he might be a little short compared to other prominent midfielders in the game but whatever he may lack in inches he certainly makes up for in his work rate and his vision and again I use the word energy because I think he's playing really good stuff he's playing great stuff you know he's he's he's, um he has that ability I mean he's doing in the last couple of games I think he's doing for Tipperary what he, he was always doing for for Kiladangan. Mm. Um, you know, he's that kind of busy beaver guy. He's around. He's 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 all over the place. He's up in the forwards. He's back in the backs. He, he's able to score. He's he, he's got great vision. He's able, you know, he's able to place people. Remember the goal he set up for um, for Jake the last day. Oh, beautiful. On. Uh, yeah. So you know, he has he has uh, he has so much in his locker that way in, in in terms of his ability and and his attitude and he's very feisty competitive he has he has it all so and again hopefully this year you know injury was a big problem with him in the past so hopefully he gets he gets a long clean run from from injuries and and um you know he's he's making a major statement at midfield so um i i think liam cal you know when he's looking at this he's he has to be very happy you know that he has you know he still has as key players there on the sideline that he hasn't brought back yet you know, from from Jason Ford and Noel McGrath and um, who else? Carl Barrett, of course, and mm. and you know, Owen Connolly was injured the last day, so yeah. he'll be back. And uh, Dan McCormack, you know, and the Stakelands haven't healthy. had a run yet either. You know, yeah, I think that that was another major plus yesterday to see um, Connor Stakelam back after injury, and uh, and again, typical of Connor Stakelam. Again, he strikes me as a Liam Cahill type of player because he's he's. Maybe people wouldn't regard him as 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 the greatest hurler in the county, but by God, you get a hundred percent from him, and and he's busy, he's in the thick of it, and he's he's battling all the way, and and of course he won the penalty at the end of that mm. match, which is is typical of of the way the guy goes about things. Um, I'm and just interested. Sorry to cut across to you. I'm just interested because you've used the phrase a couple of times, uh, a Liam Cal type player, and I I do know what you what you mean by that because we saw enough evidence that he, with under twenty one success and under twenty success with Liam as to what he expects and he expects nothing less than 100% every every minute of the 70. Um, and into that bracket, I think you can put Alan Tynan. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, probably not, not his, his most effective day yesterday, um, quite for, for, for patches of the match, you know, but but, but overall, you know, he's, he's, since, since he came on the scene, I suppose, and really uh, made his presence felt last year, he, he's again that type of player. He's... You know, and, and you see, I mean, people will say, and I suppose it was said on the um, on, on on the league program on television a fortnight ago that maybe Tipperary don't have 
the there isn't an Owen Kelly maybe there at the moment, or there isn't a Lar Corbett or a Shami Callanan or whatever. Uh, and maybe there, there's a valid point in that. But um, even if you don't have players like that, if you have if you have a panel that's extremely competitive, and if you have guys that have the right attitude and the work rate and all the sort of things that that Liam Cahill would demand, then then that's all you can ask for. Mm-hmm. And uh, and again, the signs are good. I mean, you'll be you, you, whether you win in All Ireland or not um, is 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 a bigger issue. But at least you'll be hugely competitive. And and I think Liam Cahill has learned from last year. I think. You know, if you look at the line-out uh, for, for the last two games, and uh, maybe particularly yesterday, um, there was no rush in to, to bring fellas back to try and win games, uh, maybe in a way that he had to last year. And I suspect he's, he's pacing it different this year, that you know he's holding fellas back and he's giving these newer guys a run. And he's in an ideal position now, Ronan, because you know after beating Galway, Barry, you have a catastrophe against Antrim or, or Westmead. You're going to be in a league semi-final. So again, he's a fortnight off now. Then he can he can trial more fellas again and use use more of these new guys against Westmead, and uh, and maybe then in the last two games reintroduce some of the the guys who'll be there in championship. So it's it's just working out perfect for him at the moment, and um, long may it continue that way. He made a valid point when he said, "I think there's no law against winning the league because it, it is." been maligned I think is the word I'm looking for um, where people think that you know if you've got a long league campaign that possibly takes you to a final it can contaminate your opening championship but bearing in mind we have a bye in the opening round of the Munster Championship it does kind of set us up to get more game time into players because the more I see us play the more game time I see in the likes of Sean Connelly in the likes of Willie Connors fellas who are coming back from injury the better they're getting so therefore by definition the more game time they get the better they're coming yeah and I, I'd agree with that and and I am delighted to hear you know Liam Cahill talking like that about the league that um, he obviously values it and uh, and he should it's, it's I mean one of the big blemishes on our record in, in recent years is the lack of a league title and uh, I mean I've commented on this before I, I'm sure some of the some of the players that stepped away in the last few years We'll look at their their medal collection, and they'll see one glaring absence: the lack of a league title, um, no league win since 2008, which which is is a blemish on our record. There's no doubt about that. And okay, the the year isn't. I mean, the flavour of the year isn't decided maybe by by the league. It's it's obviously it's all about championship. We understand that, and and a league will never have anything close to the the value of a championship. But it is still the secondary competition um, in 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 the sport. And it does have a value. And, and I think particularly with Tipperary teams, I think we have this thing um, where we, we kind of thrive off winning. Uh, we're kind of a confidence team, I think. And if we get into that winning way and we're winning games, uh, that's when we do best, I think, um, rather than, you know, when we're losing and then hoping that it'll all come right in the championship. So I, I think like, you, don't, you don't go bald-headed for the league. You don't make it your absolute priority in the year. But but you do you do make sure you're competitive in it. And as Liam said, if you get to a semi final or a final, you go for it. Because it is it is a valuable competition and, and I, I would agree completely with him in that regard. Yeah, absolutely. Just uh, on, on some other aspects from the weekend, I don't know if you saw much of the Kilkenny Cork game in the park on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a very entertaining second mm-hmm. half. But there was some you know, a, a little bit of ebb and flow to it, much like the Semple game, because of the fact that 
uh, Cork were pretty dormant in the first half, came roaring back into it in the second half, could have snatched a victory, didn't didn't get the win that or even a draw that perhaps their second half performance suggested they might. But if you look at Cork, play two, lost two, and suddenly you're beginning to wonder what kind of a season might be facing them on, on Leaside. Yeah, and, and you're also beginning to wonder about where they'll be positioned next year because, Correct. you know, they, I think they essentially have to win their remaining games now if they're going to be in the, in the top three to get into the top section of the league next year. Um, so that has, that has to be a real worry for them. I, I, I was one of those people, I still to an extent am, um, who, who, who view Cork as, as the coming team, um, the team to watch. Now you wouldn't you wouldn't be inclined to go along with that. Looking at the last two two league games, where they, they were very patchy in their form, you know they 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 looked terrible in the first half at, at the weekend, and again against against Clare in the previous game, they you know they had patches in the match where they just looked looked absolutely terrible, um, and then then the, he's a good run, you know, and and so on, and, and they have a lot of players to come back as well, but it is for Pat Ryan, it is it is a worry. Mm. Um, they're, they're they're in an awkward position now, and. Um, uh, you know, they'll, they'll as a team that people are looking to. You know, with all those those uh, under twenty All Irelands and so on, and players coming through from that, people are looking to them as a team that's going to perhaps challenge Limerick. They were within a, a score or two of putting Limerick out of the championship last year, Correct. but uh, they've had a very poor, a very poor league. But I, I'd still, I'd still be inclined to watch the space and and just see how they pull it together because they were they were probably a bit unlucky. You could even say a bit unlucky in both games. Uh, to lose, but uh, maybe that Cork-Waterford game might might be a crux one in that other division. You know, it'll be a critical one, yeah. I think, um, because because Cork will have to win all these games, and uh, yeah, that that will be that'll be a huge, and so it'll be fascinating to see how that works out. Yeah, no, I think there's added intrigue in the league this year because of the restructuring next year. And look, we are where we are. We've played two, we've won two. We're going to f- on the law of averages. You know, if get over Antrim and Westmead, which means our game against Limerick could be a, a somewhat of a dead rubber for a semi-final berth. But that game yesterday against Galway, I, we said it last week, we'd learn a lot more about where we are. And therefore, in summary, knowing and with the game against Galway behind us, the glass is a lot better looking from a half-full point of view, I think, at this point in the season. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, we came out of Parnell Park uh, last week saying, OK, good good to get a win, but against a, a desperately poor Dublin team. It was a different vibe entirely yesterday. Um, you, you can't ignore the, the team that Galway had out. This was a strong Galway team. And uh, and for most of the match, we, we absolutely dominated them. We OK, there were patches and they came back, I suppose, particularly in the second half. And probably, uh, Ronan, to finish, probably the biggest single takeaway from it uh, for me was the final five minutes because this has been a problem with Tipperary teams over the years. It was even a problem, remember in the Munster League when, when uh, Waterford beat us in the last few minutes back in January. Uh, this last few minutes, you know, where you, where you need to be at your strongest. So I was particularly delighted with the last five minutes the way Tipperary powered ahead yeah. and, and just buried the game at that stage. Even when Gerard O'Connor got that penalty, you know, the fact that he went for a goal um, I think says something that you know this is a guy really on song on form at the moment there's no half measure there's no taking an easy option he just went for the jugular and, and buried it 
and and that was very good because we absolutely dominated those last three or four minutes uh, when when the match was there to be won and lost. So that's probably the single biggest takeaway from it yesterday. And, and heard the crowd as well, which I think was it's good to hear in the last few minutes in Temple. Uh, JJ, thanks for your efforts. We'll see. Talk to you in a couple of weeks when we get back on the back in. It'll be a, okay, it'll be a Westmead game, but we'll talk to you in due course. Thanks indeed, JJ. Okay, thanks for Take care, that's JJ Kennedy. And he just mentioned Garrod O'Connor and that goal at the death for Tip. Let's hear from Garrod. He spoke to the media after his man, the match performance in Thurles yesterday. Yeah, uh, I suppose it's great to get a good start to the league. Um, we uh, we uh, planned on building from the very the league and trying to get a good run through the year. But um, yeah, no, thankfully we got the win today and thankfully we got the win last Saturday. We're just happy to march on now, yeah. That, was, uh, that one at the end was the first one you missed all day. It was a good day on the free throw. I, uh, look, I, I was just lucky today that Sundays that they go over. I've had plenty of days when none of them went over and you'd have your head looking in the ground. But um, no, thankfully they went over today, but as I said, any other day could go. How are you, um, how are you juggling uh, the college? And you're probably not doing much training. It's all games for you at the moment. Um, yeah, look, uh, I think it's great. I'm, I don't have to do any training on Tuesday night, so I'm missing out on all the running. But um, <laughs> no, like uh, any player, he just wants to play matches. So no, um, to be fair, the lads are very accommodating. Both sets of management um, are very good with uh, linking over. But um, no, I'm happy just to uh, play all these matches, and uh, the, more, the more the better. Good. The penalty at the end, was there any thought in your head of putting it over the bar, or was it go for goal? Um, I was. I didn't know what to do, so I said I'd just go for goal. Thankfully, it went in. Um, I could have got saved, I hit it straight down the middle, but um, no, thankfully, it went in. As I said, other days, it could have got saved, but um, no, just happy to get the win today. Yeah, that would be roar, I think, when you got the one to put tip three up. Like, oh, would you have spoken about how key this game was? Because the winner will probably get to a semi final from today. Like, um, I suppose, yeah, like we haven't forgot about last June when uh, when Galway knocked out of the championship. Um, and to be fair, like they came very strong there around the middle of the second half. I think they could have picked like six or seven points on the goal. But um, look, we were lucky when we tailed it back there, and I suppose it was a bit of emotion when we uh, when we went two or three up. Um, but no, we're just happy to get over the line today. I suppose we did let Galway into the game a bit in the second half and as I said we, we managed to just claw back there near the end but uh, I suppose we could have been a, a good bit ahead and, uh, by half time uh, we did leave a lot of chances behind us but uh, plenty to work on over the next two weeks yeah. Extra time on Tip FM brought to you by your winning local team at Real Estate Alliance OREA Own Dylan Nina OREA Stokes and Quirk Clan Mel and OREA Seamus Brown Ross Cray the Tip FM Sports Star of the Month with the Talbot Hotel Clonmel. Multi-award winning wedding specialists with state-of-the-art leisure facilities and spa with food served daily. The Tip FM Sports Star of the Month. Get your nominations in now. Yeah, we'd love to know your nominations. All you have to do is send an email to sportsstar at tipfm.com. Sportsstar at tipfm.com if you've seen something outstanding in the month of February. We'd love to hear from you. Sportsstar at tipfm.com. The January award went to the Ursuline in Thurles for their March to the All-Ireland Camogie Colleges final where I think they're taking on uh, Ursuline Kilkenny. I'm open to correction on that in due course and that one, that final must be coming up probably next weekend. Uh, just before, as we go to rugby, uh, congratulations to Polly Murphy Feathered Rugby Club on a thoroughly deserved award yesterday in Lansdowne Road. She won the IRFU Volunteer Award for her tireless work. Polly has for many years been the heartbeat of rugby in her community. So delighted to see that. And uh, let's have a word on a strange weekend for Tipperary clubs in the AIL. Peter Silk from Cashel is on the line. How are you, Peter? Very good, Ronan. Very strange weekend, Peter. Yeah, poor weekend for Tipperary rugby, I must admit. 
Uh, um, I didn't see it coming now, to be honest with you. Now, Banbridge are a fine side, don't get me wrong, and it, they, they would, you know, uh, they would balk at the notion that they weren't capable of of, of, of taking down the colours of Nina Ormond. But 42-40, uh, a defeat for Nina, it just perhaps refocuses Nina that, you know, this league ain't over yet. Uh, it's, well, it's not over, but I think Nina won't be caught at this stage. You know, they've a 10-point lead over ourselves and Barnhall. But uh, Banbridge have steadily come up along. The, they lost a few matches early on, and they've come uh, quite slowly, but surely, you know, and they're now in fourth position. Uh, they're seven points behind ourselves and Baron Hall, who both have 42 points. Um, and we have to play them yet. We'll be playing them in the very last match. Now, they beat us in the very first match of the season. Uh, but what surprised me was, I think Nina had a very big lead um, at half time, And uh, they obviously sat back a little bit, or maybe Banbridge just got a run on them. But um, That's I, very I, un-Nina-like, I, isn't it? Well, it is, because they've had a great season, you know, and uh, they're a fine team. And, you know, I think they'll fit very well into Division 1B when they get up there. Uh, you know, they have the, the structures, they have a good, solid uh, team. And, um, you know, I, th- I think they're home and home now, okay. to be honest, at this stage. So how, but, uh, how important up, is the battle then for second place, bearing in mind... Oh, the, <laughs> that's a huge battle because um, ourselves and Banbridge are both on 42 points. Barnhall, you mean? ahead of them. Uh, Barnhall, sorry, I get mixed up between those two. But anyway, we're six points ahead of them in points difference, which is only two penalties. And... Um, we we had a poor day at the office, I must admit, last uh, last Saturday. Now, we lost three of our backs in the last previous match. And, you know, we were a little bit weakened there. But having gone down 6-0, we got back to 7-6. And then we, we were down 7-9. Uh, but at half time we led 12-9 after getting two very good tries. And, you know, we, we dominated the, the first 10 minutes of the second half and then gave away a very silly... Uh, intercept try on halfway just a bad pass bang your man got the ball and he was in under the post seven points gone and we were 16-12 down and about six minutes later they got another try so they just got a run on us for the last for that five ten minutes uh, you know midway through the second half when you go and in at half time guys, when you go in at half times having scored two tries and limiting Barnhall to penalties you're probably disappointed you weren't further ahead yeah, now Banbridge did dominate the first thirty minutes or Barnhall, so. Barnhall, I keep saying it's oh, okay, don't worry. But anyway, we we did get on top of them. We played very, very well for the, the last ten minutes of the first half and the first ten minutes of the second half. And then they got those two quick tries and we just couldn't get back at them. We did have a, an opportunity at the end with the mall to uh, get a try and get a losing bonus point, which would be uh, could be valuable yet before the season is out. But I must admit, on the day, the better team won. Uh, they just about shaded it. Our guys just didn't uh, kind of get going, with, particularly in the last 20 minutes. I think they were that little bit fitter than us. The pitch was very, very heavy. Uh, we've had a lot of rain, as you know, during the week. Yeah. But um, Who's next anyway, for you? It, 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 is, it is what it is. We just have to get back on the horse. We're playing UL Bowes next Saturday. And we have to win that one. Yeah. Because... It, it looks as if we'll probably make the playoffs. If well, we you're do. going to have to match Barnhall's results every week, you know, at, as, a, as an absolute minimum, and therefore go into every match assuming Barnhall are going to win. Well, that's it, because we need to get a home semi-final uh, 
in the playoffs if we're to have a chance because yeah. I would hate to have to go to Barn Hall <laughs> yeah, exactly. in the final in the playoffs. They're a good team, you know. And uh, But look, that's the way it is. It we is, just yeah. have to keep going. Yeah. And uh, hopefully we can get back on the horse next week, Ronan. We'll look forward to talking to you. Thanks for your time, Peter. Very good. Thank Thanks you indeed. Much. Elsewhere in Division 2C of the AIL, a surprise defeat for Clonmel against the bottom side Balna. That game was transferred to a 4G pitch, which I wonder may have been a factor in Clonmel's uh, defeat. Uh, they'll be disappointed with that, but they're still looking pretty safe mid-table, but no real threat of relegation, but no real prospect of promotion either. One texter interestingly says it was a strange weekend for Tipperary clubs. Our three senior rugby clubs all lost, which in fairness doesn't happen too often, while our three soccer clubs all won their FAI Cup games. It really was a super, super weekend from an FAI Junior Cup point of view. The Blue Ribbon event in junior football. Barry Ryan's on the line. How are you, Barry? How are you, Ronan? Uh, where do you want to start with this? I mean, which pick one of the three and, you, and off you go. Each one as good as the other. Um, we'll start off, it was in order to kick off. The early kickoff at the bypass at 12 o'clock. Um, and look, it was one of those great days where scores are coming in in each ground and you're hearing updates and stuff. And look, it looked pretty bleak for Clamel Celtic. Letter Kenny led 1-0 um, all the way. Um, and you're kind of thinking, you know, look, this is a bad start to the weekend. And then Keno Sullivan comes up with a big header, booming header, um, to bring it to 1 1. And you're thinking, right, it's going to go to extra time. And then Jamie Hearn, last kick of the game, steals it for Tom Celtic, and it's a smash and grab. And it's a long journey home for Letter Kenny. But huge credit to uh, Kenny O'Shea, to Eggy Doyle, and to Davey Askins. They made, they made some big calls there as well. Um, Graham Kelly had been an ever-present and Jason Hassey, but they tweaked the formation. They set up a little bit. Jamie Hearn dropped back to a six, um, and they brought those guys off the bench. And Graham, and Graham, in particular, made a huge difference when he came on up front and caused havoc near the end and created the opportunities for them to go and win the game. So uh, they're the calls you make in the big days, and it's a super win for Thomas Celtic and puts them into the last eight. Delighted to also be joined by Mirish Walsh. is on the line. How are you, Mirish? Hi, Ron. Uh, Hi, Barry. Uh, great, How are you, Mersh? Great win for Celtic, and what a season they're having. Because you know, at the start of the season, I don't know what their what their expectations were, but last eight of the FAI now is is pretty something. Yeah, it's it's fabulous for them. Um, I think you know they made the last days of the Monster Junior Cup as well, and we're very unlucky last Sunday not to bring Michaels to uh, extra time, and certainly uh, they're in bonus territory and. You know, all they're looking for tomorrow morning will be a home draw. And I think, you know, um, still a few top sides left in it, but no one will fancy going to the bypass uh, if they do get a home draw. But I think Celtic now, you know, confidence is everything. They have a bit of momentum behind them. I think Jamie Aaron has been a great signing for them. And, um, you know, they've, they've built a Kenny there and Eggy. They have a bit of a squad there now. And, uh, you know, they, they'll go... They'll. They won't fear anyone, Ronan, that's for sure. No, no, it'll be interesting to see that draw tomorrow. Going back, Barry, to Peak Villa against Buncrana Hearts. Uh, 3-0 it finished, and again, a long way back to Buncrana. Yeah, look, for me, um, it, the best performance I've seen from Peak Villa in years. Um, people might think that I'm over-egging that one, but for me, it was something Well, there's been some, you've seen some pretty good performances, so if this yeah, is the I best have, one... I, this is the best one, and the reason it was the best one, because I, it was there was maturity in that team that I hadn't seen in previous years. People might go away from scoreline and say, oh, Bunkrana weren't up to all up. Bunkrana were really, really good. In the opening 30 minutes, it was all Bunkrana. They were the better side. And in the past, Peak Villa always wants to attack. All they want to do is attack. They want to get on the front foot all the time. And when you play like that against good sides, you inevitably can see goals and games turn into 3-2, 2-1, 4-3, late goals. But 
I saw Pippi Carroll in the opening 15 minutes telling Dale McMahon, stay back, stay back. And it was coming from the bench from Derek Dan as well. Sit in. In this period, they could not get out. Bunkrana had them absolutely pinned. And Bunkrana sent her back around the halfway line. And Pete Villa sat in, sat in, sat in, really, really mature, happy to absorb pressure, knowing we'll get our chance and we'll break out. We always create opportunities. And then they did break out and they created an opportunity. Won a corner, was half cleared. Mial Quinn and whips it back in. It evades everybody and ends up in the net. And all of a sudden, they're 1-0 up, tails up. And then they absolutely took over the game. Bunkrana were really, really hurt by that goal, having started the game so fast. But I just saw elements of maturity and a type of performance from Big Villa that will win you big trophies. When you're happy to say, OK, we're not going to dominate every part of the game and we're going to be really, really compact when we don't have the ball. And I thought it was excellent. I thought it was such a mature performance. Um, they were tremendous. Mersh, is it too shorthand to say that Peak Villa have learned the hard way of how to become a good cup side? Uh, no, it's not. I think Barry is right. I think, you know, they probably play the nicest football in the Tipperary League. And that can be, you know, at junior soccer, that can be to your detriment. Uh, I think Barry said a mouthful there when he said like that, you know, they were penned in for about 30 minutes. I mean, that's something you wouldn't associate with Peakfield, particularly above in the tower ground. But um, they play wonderful football and they do. And when they attack, I mean, uh, their two full-backs would just run all day. And then Pippin, Carl and Ronan McGuire, they have, um, you know, they have, they have goals. And, and Michal Quinlan is just a fantastic footballer. Um, but they've, you know, they've they've threatened in the past to, uh, you know, um, win big cup ties and have just kind of fallen short. Um, but yesterday, you know, obviously I wasn't there, but just listening to Barry, who would be a better judge of these things than I am, um, that's a fantastic cup performance because the most important thing there is mid. That's to me, it's the most important thing, and is. Blossom Quinlivan, Martin Quinlivan said to me, you know, um, nearly 30 years ago when Town won the FEI Junior Cup, he said, you know, you start off with a clean sheet, then you take it from there. Yeah. And that's what Peak that's what Peak have done. And they've gotten their clean sheet, you know what I mean? They've um, losing with really Tierney. I thought that was going to be a big, 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 big loss for them. But they seem to be able to uh, absorb that. And again, uh, like with Celtic, I mean, Peak Filler were in the last day that they were on merit, and nobody, they won't fear anybody. No, I know you, Mersh, were in Kilkenny for the Evergreen Michaels game. It finished 2 0. Uh, I suppose the Shawnee Gearin's goal in the 89th minute or something probably gave them a little bit of a cushion, but that was not easy. Uh, no, but it wasn't as difficult as I thought it was going to be. I thought Michaels were excellent, um, Ronan. Um, I saw them in the complex a couple of weeks ago and um, they they looked a bit shaky. Um, but I think I was listening to Barry there a few weeks ago and he, he talked about the back four that played against Hardwick and uh, it's noticeable that King Coonan and Mikey Nash have gone out of that back four. Paul Breen is back in. You've, so you have a back four of Sean Gearns at right back. DJ Kremens, Paul Breen and uh, Young Murphy and Paul Breen just rolled back the years yesterday he was absolutely excellent but I have to mention Ed O'Dwyer I mean he's a player that doesn't get um, all the plaudits he's such a hard worker and yesterday he put in a shift for Michaels and I don't know what the story is with David Slattery um, I mean he came on and got the winner last week but he wasn't on the 18 yesterday so Michaels were effectively playing without a, an out and out striker and to go to Evergreen, again, keep a clean sheet. And, um, you know, I thought Jimmy Carr, again, was excellent. And Joey Mulcahy uh, and uh, Russell Quirk, they just controlled the game from the middle of the field. And 
I have to say, I was very dis- I was a little bit disappointed with Evergreen. I just thought they got bullied. I thought Michaels, and all the football that was played was played by Michaels. And one, and look, we all know this. You don't score first against Michaels, and if they score first, they just know how to get the job done. They're yeah. so professional. They're so and, long on the road, yeah. Yeah, and the amount of times that you know, I, I lost count the amount of times that. Evergreen just played straight balls and either went down to play into Cass or Adrian Walsh's hand or on top of the head of Paul Breen. And they were just they were just excellent. And I mean, um the first goal, even though it was it was it was in front of me, I I I wasn't quite sure what Tato was doing in goal, um, the Kilkenny goalkeeper, I don't know Tato, but uh it just seemed to be a, a kind of a deflection but the only team that the only team that looked like scoring yesterday was um was Michael a really professional job on it really professional Barry you described St Michael's as a juggernaut on this show a couple of weeks ago so it probably comes as no surprise that they go away in the FAI 6th round get the win against a very good Evergreen team yeah, look, um, and look, Evergreen will point to Lee Costello and Dickie McQuillan were big blows to lose them. Um, this week they were unavailable. But St. Michael's, um, David Slattery was suspended for the game. Um, he was sent oh. off up in Hardwick. He was actually getting ready, a very look at one of those uh, questions of sport questions. David Slattery was warming up to come on up in Hardwick and he just relieved himself up at the, up at the wall. Up, You know, you're not allowed to do that. He was sent off by the fourth official. Um, an absolutely mad situation, but he ended up missing the game through that. Um so he was he was out and Shane Ryan was injured. So St. Michael's had two massive injuries as well. Um but what what I love about St. Michael's is uh, you know, it's so interesting. When I was playing, I would have had, you know, very little dealings with Johnny Cremens. He was St. Michael's, I was Town. But the respect I have for him as someone like what I you know, when I now have an interest in coaching and management, and you know, Michal Byrne is working with him and they do an excellent job of it together. They study the life out of the opposition. They go to watch them two or three times. Johnny was up in Bonkfana last year and they negate all of your threats. So they would have identified that Lee Delaney, he's the huge weapon for for Evergreen with a 40-yard diag that he plays all the time off his left foot. They pressed him yesterday constantly onto his right foot. Little details like that all the time in what they do. Um, and people say, oh, look, Evergreen maybe weren't as good or whatever. They weren't allowed to be good. Um, they were completely negated in everything that they do by the way St. Michael set up. I, I said after the Hardwick game, you'll never see that back four again. And it was nothing to do with the individuals. They were all really talented players. But as a back four, it didn't work. The balance wasn't there. They couldn't build up. They couldn't play out. And I knew Johnny would see that, 100%. He's not the type of fella that's going to go, no, you're wrong, and I'm going to double down on this now. I knew they'd make the changes to that back four. That back four yesterday played together for the first time, and the midfield three played together for the first time. Who else goes into the last 16 of an FBA Junior Cup making those calls away to one of the favourites for the competition? They are just, they're unbelievable at what they do. They are, gentlemen. Thank you both, Mirish and Barry. I gotta go, but thanks for your time. Really looking forward to that quarterfinal draw tomorrow morning. Thanks for your time, guys. Thanks very much, Ron. Take thanks care. Ron. Thanks Bye. indeed. Bye. All the best. That's uh, RTS and DL. Great story. Three teams into the last eight of that. Uh, just before we go off here, let's hear from Sean McGuire. Uh, sorry, Sean O'Keefe, the boxer from Clamell. She was speaking to me during the week as she announced plans to fight in Galway on the sixteenth of March. But as we chatted, she started talking about her vulnerability in her opening professional bout in London only last month. Um, yeah, it was a huge disappointment, to be honest. Uh, the preparation and everything in regards with like me being ready for the ring, my case, ticket sales, everything. Um, I nailed everything down really, really well for this one. Um, unfortunately, the um, venue fell through first because there was a couple of pull-outs that were on the card and it was last minute, I was told last minute, and then... 
the Thursday night before the Saturday I was to fight, the opponent pulled out. So then it was literally like the world was telling me it wasn't okay to fight on February the 3rd. So we said we'd leave it. So um, the whole card got pulled. And then, um, as you know, I got offered a new date uh, for the 24th of February. But I'm going to tell you now, I'm, I'm not going with it. Okay. Um, I have big news to tell you. And um, I am fighting in Galway, so till the 16th of March. The day before Paddy's Day. Yeah, yeah. So I'm having my homecoming. I'm now going to be fighting on Ireland, Irish soil. It's something I've been waiting for. I know it's only been a short stint I t I've had to wait, but I need everyone in Ireland out loud and proud Paddy's weekend in Galway Salt Hill for me. Do you know your opponent yet, or is that to be decided? No, that's to be decided. Um, this hasn't even been announced yet. Okay. So you're the first ones to know. Thank you. Um, so... Um, yeah, I think the promoter is announcing it today and tickets should be down by next week to be put on sale straight away so I should know about opponent in the next two weeks. Okay. Can I just ask, getting yourself right for a fight, you've got a peak, presumably. Your preparation is all geared to be ready at 6 o'clock on Saturday the 3rd of February and then when that doesn't happen, do you view... It, it, it would be easy to view that as perhaps a wasted month or a wasted six-week camp. No, um, no camp is ever a waste as I'm only a baby in this division. I'm only newly turned over as a pro, so all preparation. Like a man said to me the other day, and it's, it's a true fact, I'm not training in a five-week camp for a fight. I'm training for five years. So literally all the preparation, every week I'm in that gym is preparation for me for fighting the European title at the end of the year, for me fighting the world title next year, for, for me becoming undisputed by 20, 2025, 2026, for me having a career for five years. So no, um, I'm not going to lie, since I've been home, I've only done flexibility, mobility, and I've worked with my physio for the week. My body needed a break yeah. for a few days, so I did. I took the pedal off a small bit, and then I'll, go, I'll be back to... Um, um, the UK on Saturday and back straight into the gym hardcore on Monday. So, mentally though, there's probably a, a mental side of it that there's, there's disappointment, but then you got to get back on the horse again and you got to go again and all that work, all that effort. I, I appreciate that you're saying this is money in the bank for the future, but mentally you must have thought that, that, that that's harder than the physical toil. Yeah, um, I read another post there yesterday. It's 90% uh, mental, 10% physical, and there's no truer um, statement. I'm not going to lie, last week was one of the hardest weeks I've put down, and that's been totally honest with you. Um, only for my friends and my family and the support I've had around me and everybody being so understanding, that's what got me through the week. Like, my fight got pulled on the um, Thursday night and the Friday morning, I was still inspiring. Doing eight rounds with a really tough woman. Unfortunately, this mental side, you just have to get on with it. The job still has to be done. But don't get me wrong, it is really hard. I, there were some days I didn't even want to get out of the bed, and that's been totally honest yeah. with you. I had to ring my family members, and just they had to remind me of why I'm doing it. And I'm kind of glad also that these um, bumps on the road are happening so early on, because they'll condition me and get me ready for what's about to come, because this career isn't going to be smooth sailing, like we knew. Um, so... It's all part of the job, unfortunately. It happens at the very top level, you know. Yes. The Tyson fight is pulled because he's got a cut. Uh, it happens all the time, and it's something that, it's 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 part of the job. And exactly. maybe the hard thing for a professional athletes is to sometimes understand that it is a job. Yeah, it is a job, and it all comes part of it. Um, even my coach said, to be honest, I didn't really care about the fact I lost the fight. My the hardest thing I had to deal with is letting people down. 
like I had 70 people that were going coming over from Ireland like we were going to absolutely blow up your call with Irish fans and that was the thing that I was so um, excited for so people that paid flights and accommodation they lost their money like some people did come over but as my, my friends and family do know it's also part of it now as well this is a gamble there is I could even um, not to say it happened but you could win in a fight and your opponent may not pull up yeah. uh, turn up that's just the name of the game so in future people will be told to pay security on their flights and accommodations so if it does happen they yeah. can cancel yeah it can happen um, how much bounce did you get from your first fight in your call in terms of people taking notice kind of announcing I'm here now um, to be honest, my uh, pro debut was probably one of the most talked about. They said my pro debut was one of the toughest and best pro debuts they've ever seen in York Hall. And that's a massive statement here. I Everybody knows about me. Everybody, that's everybody that knows about me, to be very honest with you, yeah. Yeah, and looking back on that fight, how much more did you learn from that fight than you did with your eight rounds of sparring on a Friday morning? Um, I learned an awful lot, simple reason, because mentally I wasn't there, and that's been totally honest. There was so much noise going on outside the ring in regards with like management issues, um, even the preparation, the run-up through that day. My preparation wasn't right. I wasn't ready and set for the ring. Um, I wasn't even physically warmed up, let alone mentally warmed up. So, to be honest, I was there in body, not in spirit. So, for me to get in and fight the fight, win the six rounds I didn't um, win them in style because to be honest with you I'm a way better fighter than what I turned up in that ring but to be able to get the W with everything that I was up against um, that speaks volume so if you can perform at that level when you're only 80% right I wasn't even 80 I'd say 20 and really? that's being totally honest with you I want I didn't even I'm going to be totally honest because I think honesty in this game needs to be heard I did not even want to get in, in the ring that night? Uh, yes, and it never ever had a feeling like that in my life. I rang my sister the day before and I was in tears. It's just mentally drained from everything. Because people don't know, right? It's all well and good going through camp. I'm training, I'm over, I'm doing my bits, but I'm not only doing that. I'm running my social media, I'm taking care of ticket sales, I'm trying to run up sponsorship. I'm doing everything. I'm getting my kit ready, I'm getting the tracksuit ready, turning off to training twice a day every day, managing my food, managing my recovery. I was going to say nutrition, all that has to be accounted. I am doing everything. Yeah. Like, um, And there's only so much you can do without nearly cracking, and I nearly cracked in my, my, before my pro debut. That's okay. me totally honest. And that, it wasn't just nerves, it was no, just... No, it was the, literally all the noise that went on outside. Yeah, so how are you going to cancel out that noise? I have it all sorted out, so... Um, we brought on another manager that's going to help my um, manager that I have now because unfortunately it's not a strong suit. So I have a manager that can do all like the paperwork. So like even the nitty gritty stuff down to paperwork where I have to apply for my boxing license to or I have to apply for permission from the BOI to box out foreign. So I was doing all that. Like I was doing paperwork the Thursday, yeah, okay. doing paperwork the Friday. I was getting in the ring, in the ring the Saturday. Do you know? You could do it without the admin now. Can't exactly. You? I'm not an administration <laughs> yeah. administrator. I'm yeah. a fighter. Yeah. Like, so I brought someone in and um, involved with that. So Colin Rolls as well from Clamel. He's my SNC and he does my flexibility and mobility. I'm paying for him to come on board as part of my team. So he'll look after my flexibility, my mobility, my warm-up. He will actually prep me mentally as well as physically. So all my boxing coach has to do is actually do pads with me. Okay. So then, like, oh, see all the things that went wrong? They will not happen again. 
there's more than just doing pads now. You understand this more than me. So but the point, the point I, point I'm making is, if you look back on that, those those rounds with the Lithuanian lady, uh, her reach advantage was significant, and your boxing style had to adapt slightly to, to for that reach. So it's it's the ability to adapt on the fl on the hoof, and you know and. Round three might be very different to round one, you know. So yeah, I have to believe it or not. I actually have to have the ability to do that. That has to be the fighter. That what makes. That's what actually makes you the elite fighter. You see fighters. Um, they can go through six and eight rounds and do the exact same thing because they don't have the knowledge, uh, or they don't have the cop on. To be honest with you, to change. My first round, uh, we kept it kind of long, and I think the second round even. And then I think it was around the third round, realistically, I jumped on top of her. A fighter like that, you have to jump on top of her, you have to smother her. And that's how I did it. I adapted. But I, I was also really good to listen to my corner, which is mad to say, because being totally honest, I didn't even know I was in the ring, to be honest. I was there, like I said, in body, not in spirit. I literally don't even know. I don't know what happened in the whole, uh, in the whole fight. I had to go back and rewatch yeah. it two weeks later. It's, I suppose you, you don't need to, to hear this, but... Going into a ring 20% prepped, you are so vulnerable. Of course you are. I'm blessed, and this has been totally honest with you, I am the fighter that I am, and I am able to bite down the gum shields, and I am able to go to the trenches and just fight it out, because if that was any other fighter in the mental state I was in getting in that ring, it wouldn't have ended the way it did, because Fayida Masakishi, um, she is a really good fighter. Mm. She's a really good journey woman. She's been in with the best. Her ring craft is phenomenal. She knows how to survive, but I know how to fight. And I have the heart of a lion. I've, I'm a pure Irish fighter. I don't stop no matter what happens. And that's what came out, even though I mentally wasn't there. My physical side and my fighting side that's inside of me, that's always been there. That's what took over and that's what shone that night. So all guns blazing now for the 16th of March in Salt Hill? Yes, and I really, like, I can't express it anymore. So I had 140, I think it was 140 to 150 tickets sold for the UK in your call. If I can do that in the UK in your call, guys, like, I should be able to do so much more. Um, for me to look valuable to a promoter, and this is the thing that Matchroom are even looking at because um, we're kind of talking with them a bit. Um, they need to see that I can build uh, fill-out stadiums. They need to see that Sean O'Keefe can make noise. And I believe I can. Because if you can make noise, Matchroom can make money. That's how this works. Exactly, it is. And it, it, I look more valuable to them. They need someone else. Like, don't get me wrong, Katie Taylor is an absolute inspiration, but Katie Taylor could be at the end of her career coming so, soon, yeah. guys. So somebody else needs to fill that role. Yeah. And I want it to be me. But I can't do it on my own. I need the help of Irish fans. I need the help of Irish support. They need to come out loud and proud the 16th of March. I can't wait, John. Yeah. Um, I also am the Grand Marshal in the Patrick's Parade in Clamell also. I've been honoured to... Um, I've the honour to uh, um, do that. And I just want to say a huge thanks as well. Um, I wouldn't be able to do this without support. Um, Comedas, after coming on board as a really big sponsor we're looking at becoming one of the main ones so I, I couldn't do it without them and PNN Foreign um, Engineering they came on as a sponsor and I'm also looking for more sponsors anyone that wants to come on board please do it's a tough sport but I can't do it without the support of everybody else Shauna we wish you the very very best of luck thank you so much